This week's podcast episode is with the absolutely brilliant Caroline Wilkinson from Marketplace. Caroline is a former digital marketer turned dog trainer and behaviorist and she is she describes herself as a digital pet coach who helps pet parents get on with the job of loving their dog. She left her career in digital marketing after getting a dog of her own and falling in love and wanting to know more and be better, be a better pet parent. And she now combines her marketing skills and everything that she knows about dogs and behavior to run a really successful pet business. Caroline has worked with big brands, including Dorwest and Fourth Glade Pet Food. She talks about how that has come about and how she took her business online way before COVID, way before lockdown and way before the world and his wife took their businesses online. You're going to learn so much from this episode. Caroline is really level-headed and lovely. She shares how she navigates social media, which let's be honest, can be a little bit of a scary place sometimes as a pet professional and how she creates her own safe space for her own clients and her community. She talks about her advice on creating an online business as somebody who has been really at the forefront of that. We also talk about what being visible means and the importance of relationship building as well. I'm going to hand you over to Caroline now. You can learn loads from this episode, no matter what you do. You don't have to be a dog trainer to get benefit from what Caroline has to share here. So I do hope you enjoy it. All the links to go and connect with her are in the show notes for this episode as well, which you'll find on my website. Look forward to hearing your thoughts on this. And now over to Caroline. Hey, Caroline. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's lovely to see you. How are you? Oh, good. Thank you. It's always fabulous to see you. So thank you for having me. Oh, so tell us about you and your pet business and what you do. Uh, so I'm a certified animal behaviourist, um, dog trainer, uh, real dog yoga instructor, applied canine zoopharmacognosis, so all things dog. And I am the founder of Marketplace. Uh, we're an online digital pet coach business and we help pet parents take the stress out of the sort of emotional challenges their dogs might be having so that they can just get on with the important job of loving their dog. Yeah, absolutely. Brilliant introduction there. Thank you so much, Caroline. And also, I've known you for years, but I don't I, like hearing everything that you do all in all together. It's like, wow, that's you. You've got a lot going on there, haven't you? So, yeah. So tell us about how you, have you always been in the pet industry or like how did you come to do what you do now? Um, so I haven't. Um, I've been in the pet industry for oh, about 12 or maybe closer to 15 years now. It's somewhere around there. Um, I actually uh, started my life in um, digital marketing. So I was doing um, motion graphics and web design. Um, so I was in the marketing space, um, living in Canada um, and running a, a web team out there. And we got our first dog and she was my entire life. Um, I was <laughs> reading up for months and months and months before we got her, uh, really got into training with her. And then when we moved back to the UK, um, I started training with a local trainer and because I was working freelance, um, then I set my own business up in the web space. Um, I was able to be a bit flexible with my time and my trainer at the time needed a bit of support uh, doing some uh, sort of assistance work in her classes. And as they say, the rest is history. Um, it kind of went from there. And I realised that I've always had a passion for animals. I've worked at stables as a kid and all of that sort of thing. Um, but it was really great to just have an opportunity to be able to work with animals as my main job. And so yeah. I started out balancing the two the two roles for a while um, and then realised that I was kind of missing a trick by not combining them together and using my digital marketing skills um, to create a pet business online instead mm -hmm. of all being in person. Wow. OK, so two brilliant sets of skills. And I know you started out like 12, 15 years ago um, and 
yeah, it's just such a good combination that you've got there. Um, and I know like what your business looks like today, but can you tell us about, you know, what it was like starting out and how you went from, you know, supporting your local trainer to actually training yourself and then it becoming it evolving into a business? What was that like for you? Yeah, so I think it was kind of, it was quite organic in terms of the fact that there wasn't too much pressure on me to start my business or make my business my main income um, initially because I was running my freelance um, web work at the time. So I was able to um, use my time as I wanted and work evenings if I needed to on my on my other business and work during the day um, uh, on the pet business or the other way around. So I started off, as I said, working as an assistant, um, trained up with her for about 18 months um, and then uh, passed my APDT assessment. So I felt then I was at a point where I felt um, qualified enough to be able to start uh, offering at least some training um, for for clients. Um, so at that point, I uh, was running a franchise um, uh, location. So I was working in a specific area, um, running puppy classes initially only, um, and then doing one-to-ones in training, mainly for puppies as well. Um, and then over time, obviously, my kind of interest was peaked really around the behaviour side of things. And I did shadow the same assistant, the same lady I assisted um, in her behaviour consults as well um, and started doing more um more research, more um, uh, qualifications, um, until the point I was able to then become also a, a certified animal behaviourist. Um, so that was a great um, transition, and I was able to then help more clients as that started to happen. My web work started to get less attention, and um, the dog work started to get more. Um, so eventually, probably about uh, oh, maybe like seven year eight years ago I stopped all of the the website of stuff um, and was just doing the dog work um uh and then about 2018 I was that's when I started thinking right let's put these skills um together and start running my online business and we launched marketplace in 2019 so um I was kind of an online business before the world (laughs) went all online due to covid so yeah (laughs) yeah that that was very well timed I remember um speaking to you actually years ago like when your online business first started and you did a course about mindfulness and dogs didn't you and um, I remember speaking to you then for my pet blog and writing about your course and and then it was you know learning online was really new and and something you know something really different wasn't it so tell us about like what it's been like um yeah what what it was like creating an online business in the first place um, and the kind of things that you've learned and the kind of things that I know it feels weird having this conversation, doesn't it, after COVID and, you know, we're, you know, we're going into 2024, aren't we? Um, but it feels weird talking about what it's like to launch an online business when it, when so many people have done it now. But I'd love to know what your experience was launching an online business before the world and his wife were having a go at it and what, what kind of things you had in place and, and what, what, what you learned about making this a success. Yeah, so I think it was it was tricky, and I think there was quite a a kind of almost resistance in some ways to take a form of coaching and training that people were wanting for their pets um, into a digital space when they're so used to working 
one-to-one in person or in group classes. So you were taking something that was quite traditional um, in terms of people really have only ever gone to group training classes or maybe had someone specific come out for a particular behaviour that their dog might be displaying. Um, So we started off um, just having our puppy course online and then a recall course online. And the great thing about the recall course was that that was quite a specific topic to cover. Um, Mm -hmm. And that that was definitely much more successful to start with even than the puppy course. Um, what we did do is we kind of combined the online puppy course with um, my in-person training. So um, that meant that the people who came along to my in-person courses were able to also get access to the online training. And we started to get some feedback on that, which was great to then have some, obviously, um, recommendations to be able to put up and and kind of say that people were finding it useful alongside in-person training as well. Um, Because in a way, I think it doesn't have to be either one or the other. You can do both and you Mm -hmm. get support in different ways. Um, But for some of my clients, you know, going to traditional classes didn't work around their life in terms of um, most of them tend to be in evenings. If you've got young children, that was difficult sometimes. Um, Or if you work different hours, it could be difficult. And then when I started to offer different topics, um, uh, different types of um, areas and also an online club, that was more accessible for people who maybe have reactive dogs or dogs who wouldn't really cope from a frustration point or or an overexcitement point in a group setting. So it's allowed us to be able to offer a different type of approach to um, traditional training um, for people who who wouldn't normally be able to take that on board. Um, But definitely to start with, there was some hesitancy, I think, around working that way. And our three-week recall challenge, which we've run, I think, for, I think this is ours, going to be our sixth year this year, um, where we used a Facebook group to um, run a challenge where people could help get tips for their dog's recall to be able to get them back when the, and enjoy off-lead walks in a stress-free way. Um, that helped people get the idea that you can learn online. Yeah. And then they were buying our recall course, which was a great way for us to see that um, we could get people in for those courses um, just by marketing in the right way to them. Yeah. So how did you go... Um, how did you go about kind of building that audience and getting getting those people... Um, into your world who were going to be receptive I guess to working online and and was there you've you've got your marketing background and your online background haven't you but did you how did you find it did you find it overwhelming or how do you know how did you kind of go about doing that in the first place when you needed to build that first initial audience who were going to be up for this online thing yeah so I think it was um I was it was just kind of, I guess, slightly the right time, right place in terms of the fact that there wasn't the plethora of, of online um, dog um, groups or memberships or training videos and things that there are now today. Um, so when I was doing things like um, had our free Facebook group um, to uh, offer support, we did a, a Quick Tip Tuesday series where every week I would give some sort of training tip around living with training or connecting with the dogs. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a great way for our audience to grow um, because groups were very engaged at that time. Um, yeah. Nowadays, you post a video and maybe 10 people see it, even if you've got 5,000 people in your group um back then you we were getting hundreds of views um because it there was less less of it online so i think that really helped in terms of the timing that i i launched it all um and yeah and it sort of i guess it grew from there um Facebook definitely has been the biggest um, sort of, I guess, uh, resource we've used in terms of attracting clients. And it still probably is today as well, um, although Instagram is growing um, around that area. Um, 
but yeah, it's 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 just been uh, nice to have had those those different sorts of um, communities grow from that age um, and and still be with us today. Yeah, the community thing I think is so important, isn't it? Um, and I know you're you know I've been around your community for a good few years now. Can you tell us like what do you think the key is to building a community and it being a success? So I think for us, um, well, me specifically, like when I launched my Facebook group, I wanted it to be not like normal dog Facebook groups. Um, I know if you're a pet parent and listening to this, then you're probably aware that um, a lot of dog uh, groups can be quite quite judgmental, quite tricky to navigate. They can, you can kind of feel almost uh, like fearful to post in them for fear of what people are going to reply to you. Um, everybody's a bit of a keyboard warrior and they think that they know the best thing for dogs um, and they will respond in that way. We wanted to have a safe space that people mm-hmm. felt that they could ask anything or they could post an update about their dog and share a wonderful, what we call my moment, um, that something that was a success for them during the month. Um, and it was just really important that people felt that they had support and that they were safe in sharing their their journey with their dog there so we call it connect with my dog uh, with your dog um, and it's really about how connection is built between human and dog and it's less about then people thinking about you know asking for advice about whether they should be feeding their dog one thing or another or, or going to the vets or not and all of those sort of things that often lead to more difficult conversations online yeah and I think um, it's a really important point that you make about it's your group and it sounds like you 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 do police not police that sounds like a strong word but you keep you you create a safe space and you are on it and I think as a Facebook group owner myself I think sometimes people might not see actually that you are watching every single thread and everything every single post to make sure that it is a safe space and and you are um you know that everybody in there is feeling supported and that there aren't any spats going on about you know flexi leads or whatever um and you've and and also you've got that specific topic as well about that connection and that's something that that will bring people in who want to look more at that than maybe something a bit broader do you think the can do you think the um you know going quite deep on one area has that do you think that served you well then with the group yeah and i think obviously we we kind of have evolved a little bit so to start with um the group really came out of the three week week or challenge and it was all about training and being able to have that connection off lead with your dogs um that also kind of carried over into connection on lead and connection at home with your dogs um and now we do kind of have a little bit more of a broader um approach in terms of really looking at the stress levels of both ends of the lead and we mm-hmm. have a another um topic week um which is the walking into winter um yeah. theme which we do um, um, in the autumn, which is or the fall, uh, which is all about uh, how our dogs and ourselves can have the happiest and healthiest winter that they can, yeah. and that allows us to kind of look at the emotional well-being for both parts in this relationship, um, and also be able to look at some more broader holistic terms um, and topics, which which is nice, and everyone really enjoys that as a different approach. Um, but generally, all of the work that I do with with dogs is looking at it from a kind of mindful approach, an approach where we want to make sure that both the dog and the human are feeling good in the relationship that they have together yeah okay sorry I'm just writing notes and then I can just stop talking then because what you share is just great so um so with the whole um with your you've got your group you've had your you you I know you did a lot of 
work in person at the beginning of your business. Now, most of your work, I'm right in thinking most of your work is online, isn't it? Yeah, so I probably have like two or three clients who I still see in person. Um, pretty much everything I do is is online now. Um, and I have clients, um, majority in the UK, but I do have some clients in Europe and the uh, North America as well. Um, and um, a lot more, we went through a period, I think, sort of pre-COVID where we were doing lots of um, webinars, um, lots of sort of deep dives into individual topics. Um, A lot of our focus now is more on supporting individual relationships. So through either our Canine Connection Membership Club or Mm -hmm. through one-to-one consults um, that often come out of people buying our courses on specific challenges that their dog may have as well. Yeah. And I know you've been obviously working on this for a long time, but how from conversations I sometimes have and see and and things that we see online they are having an online having an online business is is a real dream and it's a real aspiration for people um who may be at different stages in their dog training journey what would your advice be for people who are thinking you know I'd like to take my business online where you know what would you what would you say to them really about what actually really goes on behind the scenes when it comes to building being in a position like where you are now where most of your businesses online what do you think that, that, that they need to know so I think it's really it's different probably today from when I started out like today anyone seems to be able to set up and get um sort of some success just by regularly posting TikTok videos or whatever it might be if you're willing to put in the time and the graft into um, marketing then you can get quite successful quite quickly however for me that's always felt a little bit not icky but like it's just I don't want to just be doing um, stuff that's trying to sell I want to be creating a space that people understand what they're going to get from us and Mm -hmm. for me um, the most important thing is that people know that we're here to try and help um, support the behavioural challenges that the dog have so that the human can have the stress taken off them and they can really enjoy the relationship they have with their dog because that's what being a dog parent is all about is just enjoying that incredible bond that you have with no other type of species (laughs) so Mm -hmm. Um, I think for me, it's about uh, making sure you're clear on what you believe in, um, sticking to that and and being really um, looking at individual challenges that you can help people with rather than having to be covering every single thing that somebody might be struggling with. Mm. Yeah, and having that really clear purpose, I guess, of what, what it is that you do and what you want to do and how you help people is important, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, the thing that um, my club members have always said that they most enjoy is the fact that I'm there to support them through any little wobbles they have with their dog. And that's what Mm -hmm. I really want to be is we wanted to be the dog trainer or behaviours that you have in your pocket at all times when you need them, rather than you having a session with somebody and then never hearing from them again. And I think a lot of people don't have ongoing relationships with their clients, but that's the way that we found our business has grown. The most people come back for consults or they come back for another course or they come back to join our membership. Um, And that's because of the ongoing support that we offer mm-hmm. it's interesting because i've you know we've known each other from really the beginning of your online business because we just met i think it was via katie from woof woof network and i interviewed you and then we've just been in touch haven't we um, and what's really what i'm really taking away from this chat is um obviously like i talk about visibility i've got my own membership pets get visible and you know i've helped people with publicity for years um you know we, we've worked together for a good few years as well haven't we um and i think 
when you were talking about like the TikTok trainers and we've, <laughs> I realized that it might sound like a bit of a reverse ferret that I'm doing here. We've got this kind of, we know that we need to be visible, don't we? But visibility isn't just about being everywhere and churning out loads of videos or carousels or whatever. It is actually about standing out as you, you know, being, being visible, but being consistently you and actually thinking this is, this is me, this is what I want to be known for. And this is how I want to come across. And really that's what what you shared there about the long-term support, the relationship building. That's really so important. If, I mean, I guess it might not be important to people who just want to be like really famous on TikTok, but listening to you and knowing how successful you are and and the work that you put in, um, it's, it's just a different way of seeing being visible, isn't it? Because it's being, the word authentic gets used so much, doesn't it? But it is about actually you can just be, just be you and be visible and be you and the right, the people who are going to be right for you will, will come your way. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I've always been, um, I sometimes put blockers in place uh, where I don't do as many videos and things like that as I feel like I should because they haven't felt authentic or I've just been thinking, oh, I should put one out just because I want to. I do it when I feel the energy is right or I've got a topic that I want to discuss um, or somebody's reached out for support and I think that's a great thing that I could help other people with uh, Mm -hmm. rather than just doing them always just sort of for the sake of them or for the numbers to get uh, reached up. You can grow a business with only, you know, a few hundred or a few thousand followers. It doesn't have to be tens or you know hundreds of thousands of people that are watching your content to be able to have a productive and uh, successful sort of business. I think that's a message that, that so many of us need to hear. And I will totally hold my hands up and say that I have been that person who has produced videos and done things that I didn't really want to do because I felt like I should do and I must do and have to. And if I'm going to be successful, I've got to do all these different things. And I think as I've got older and more experienced, I've realised that, just, first of all, just give myself a break. And secondly, it, like if you feel like you're forcing something, then that's the time to think, actually, do I really need to be doing this? Is this right for me? Um, and I think that's something that we really need to talk about more. And I'm so glad that you you spoke about it like that um, as somebody who, you know, who I know people will look at and, and see what you've got as aspirational. Um, I want to ask you as well. So I know um, from working with you that you do things off social media as well. Um, and I want to ask you about the some of the other things that you've done when it comes to being known, being visible and putting yourself out there and helping the right people find you and what kind of things have worked. So can you talk us through some of the other things that you do when it comes to putting you as Caroline and um, your community um, out there for people to look at you and think, oh, I quite like it. I quite like that. <laughs> yeah, so I think um, quite a lot of the things um, uh, that I've learned from a kind of PR perspective have, have come from working with you, Rachel, in terms of reaching out for, you know, when there are opportunities to be able to get into press, that's been really useful. And I think that's not necessarily going to get lots of people coming and find, following or finding you, but it does help you to have a little bit of kind of accreditation behind you in terms of, or credibility, I should say, sorry, behind you um, in terms of being able to say, well, my, you know, I've 
my words have been put in the Telegraph or the Guardian or wherever they've been. And they're also sometimes a fun opportunity to be able to think about uh, a different topic that you may not have spoken about before. Um, I used to speak quite a bit on BBC Radio um, uh, here in Bristol as well. Um, and um, I've worked with a couple of brands as well that have been great in terms of helping their audience be able to get some training support and advice as well, um, as well as also obviously increasing our reach um, so creating uh, blog posts, uh, social media, um, live videos or um, uh, sort of reels and things like that for them has been great. And some of those have really kind of come organically through relationships I've created through more networking. So, um, for example, working with um, one of the brands who were doing like a mindful focus themselves on uh, uh, on walks and things like that. And I was like, this is perfect for what we offer in our course. Um, and reaching out and saying, let's, you know, would would it be useful to have another input in here? And mm -hmm. even though they already had some uh some specialists that they were already using, they were really open to having somebody else because we aligned so well with what they were currently doing. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's been great to have those relationships as well alongside the business um, where we're working just with clients. So having a, a B2B kind of aspect of the business has also been useful in terms of growing it. Mm, definitely. Um, and I remember reading, I remember the pressure, because so I get press releases as a journal, as a freelancer and like, I remember getting that the mindfulness press release dropping into my inbox and going, oh, it's Caroline, and being really excited <laughs> about it. Um, what would you say to anyone? I know you talked about like Radio Bristol, you talked about being in big titles like The Guardian, The Telegraph and working with brands on campaigns. Um, I know this is something that you've obviously grown and built up over the years, but what would you say to someone who is, you know, thinking, actually, I would quite like to do that, but it might feel a bit scary. What would your advice be to them? I think just put yourself out there. And I mean, being in um, a couple of there's a couple of like Facebook groups you can join for PR opportunities, or um, even the more that you do them, I now get people who I've spoken to before reaching out to me and saying, "Could you just do a quote for this?" And one of those that I I used to do quotes for now I get paid to write articles for. I've yeah. just been hired by another um, online um, uh, publication who reached out to me of their own accord um, to get me to write for them. Um, again, paid work, which is all lovely alongside the business is kind of, particularly because I have a young child now, it's some bits that I can do in the evening when she's asleep. Um, but also um, it helps to build up your credibility further when you're writing in and um, consistently writing in publications because people then can see that you you do have clout and, you're, and you are um, also uh, admired or kind of, you know, accepted by um, people who are working in the pet industry aside from from your own clients, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, and you know, I've talked, we talk about this quite a lot, don't we? But it is that, that third party validation, isn't it? Where, you know, we can all say how great we are on our Facebook page or Instagram or wherever else. But if you are being, you know, a trust, you're a trusted source of information for um newspapers and it doesn't have to be the guardian or the telegraph i always really encourage people to start with their local media who are always going to want to hear from them um and you know that's just really great for putting your name in front of more people um, and also that credibility and when people are you know when people are checking you out it can be really helpful as well um so my advice would always be to you know don't be scared and hopefully if you're listening to this podcast and i'm a journalist i've worked on the red tops and i'm not remotely scary so you know 
journalists generally want you to help them out and make their life a bit easier. So it's really, um, really good to have people talk about that and, and yeah, talk about the benefits it brings. So talk to me about, I know that you do quite a lot of, um, your, you, you work with lots of other people in the industry and you do a lot of collaboration. Um, I know that you work with um, people like um, Debbie from CAD and you, you've worked alongside like Steph from the Holistic Grooming Academy and things like that. Talk to me about like what that, your experience of that and how that's helped with you, helped with your business as well and your thoughts really on collaboration and working with others. So first of all, I think it, those sort of relationships really have kind of kept me going through particularly the last few years where um, we obviously had quite a lot of isolation during COVID, but then also um, I had a child, so I was kind of quite isolated again um, in terms of a new type of life form uh, kind of being uh, or lifestyle being created and having these online relationships where some of these people I still haven't met in person, but we're all very supportive of each other and we're all working towards the same goals in terms of um, positive helping dogs lives to be better mm-hmm. has been game changing not only because it gives opportunities for exposure for each of us when we work with each other but it also helps you to feel like you're not alone in this space and I think working in the dog industry um, or the pet industry generally sometimes can be a bit dog eat dog um is it pardon the pun um but it can be um you know there's a lot of people who are quick to judge to quick to to kind of go against what each other is saying and try to put their thoughts above someone else's and the people that I've aligned myself with and the people I've created relationships with that still are here together today are ones that I you know hold so much value for um I used to have a a, a lot more um, in-person contacts. We used to do a lot of get-togethers when I was working more doing training locally and we'd we'd have meetups of other positive trainers. And that was so helpful because we would offer to each other, you know, if we knew that one of them was more of a specialist in collies and one was more a specialist like myself in hounds, we would recommend each other's clients to each other. Um, And although um, those meetups don't happen as much because we've all kind of got used to doing everything online now, I think, um, we keep saying we should do them again. we still have those relationships and I you know got recommended by a Dachshund client the other day from somebody locally because they said you know she's the one who works with them all that so go and go and work with her rather than um, them taking that case on and it's great to be able to have that reciprocal kind of support for each other whether you have online connections or or in-person connections with people in your industry. Mm -hmm. You touched on it there about um, about working online and social media and and the things that can escalate how do you kind of navigate that do you have a particular kind of approach to social media and and what to do when you see things escalating online yeah it's really hard I mean I think when I first started working with dogs, I remember my partner saying to me, you can't solve everybody's <laughs> issues. You know, I'd be walking along and I'd see somebody mishandling their dog and I, I'd want to just go up and, and try and fight for every dog's um, sort of voice for themselves. Um, and you can't do that. You can't take on every challenge. You need to just think about where your energy is best suited. Um, and I try to avoid any discussions that become uh, large topics. There's been a few kind of larger um, challenges that have come up this year, particularly in the dog world where specific organisations have become problematic and things like that. And I've never got involved in those conversations and I still won't do um, publicly because I just think it's not worth my energy and I'd rather put my energy into supporting my clients. Um, I think also it's don't 
reply straight away. Always yeah. step back. And if you need to, take it overnight. Um, if I, I'm often kicking myself for checking my emails in the evening because then I read something and I want to reply straight away and then it's troubling you overnight. Um, so I try to also avoid checking things after like 8pm at night um, so that it's not sitting in my brain overnight. Um, but definitely taking time to step away from the keyboard before replying often helps too. Definitely. Um, yeah, there's... I was just, when you were saying about opening emails at eight o'clock at night, and I was just thinking, yeah, I did that this week and I really wish that I didn't do it. Why do I never learn? Um, just on that topic, actually, like you mentioned before, Facebook is a big, pl- Facebook's a big platform for you. Obviously, you've got your group and um, a little bit of Instagram as well. What would you say have been the um, the kind of most um, useful things when it's come to marketing your business? Um, you know, so things like, I know you do, you do it, you've done in person, you do you have a lot of collaborations going on social media obviously you've got your website and a membership but yeah what would you say is your kind of most valuable um yeah your most valuable way of reaching people so I think as um, quite a lot of it is to do with offering some sort of um, free content so that people can get to know you before they work with you can help. Yeah. And that could be either in person or online. So when I was working in person, I used to run puppy parties at the local vets. So I just did one session of their four-week course a month. So I was only giving up an hour a month uh, for free. But then they were part of a larger chain of practices that all worked in my area. And so all of them got to know me and they all were recommending their clients to me and that grew my local business really successfully so sometimes it feels like I can't work for nothing but Mm. and you don't want to be giving too much away for free but sometimes just a little bit can really go a long way and that also helps I think with having our free group online as well as offering um, Facebook lives and things like that in the in initially I used to do a lot more of that I'm a little bit rubbish at it these days Um, but um, you know that really helped grow our, our following or people who were respecting I guess our information because they got to know me as a person before diving into something where they were having to part with money um so obviously you don't want to give away everything but I think giving away some support to start with so people can get to know you the no trust factor really does help yeah no I I agree and um I'd love to do more in person actually it's something that I want I'd really love to do um for next year where I've just been we're, we're chatting in December 2023 and I've been looking at what I want to do my goals for 2024 um and um yeah in person is definitely something I'd like to do I think I came into this just before well in fact I only started um working with small businesses in 2019 and then I had my first year and then obviously the pandemic hit so um but yeah I'd love to I know we've met in we've met a few times at events haven't we and it's always just so exciting isn't it to meet people in in person um so yeah something I'd really love to do you've touched on it quite a bit as we've been chatting but around um well-being and around um I know obviously you, you work with animals and their their well-being but um, I'd love to know your thoughts on, like this year has been, or the, I say this year, the last few years have been really tough, haven't they? And we do see people, I'm seeing, particularly at this time of year, as we go towards Christmas, I'm seeing a lot of um, posts from people who are really struggling. Um, and, you know, we do, we, we can sometimes feel we're around other people who are struggling or we might be um, having finding things hard ourselves. Um, and sometimes we'll see advice and it will be like you've got to keep going do this you know post on tiktok 10 times and blah 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 blah. 
Um, as somebody who is really, I think you're really emotionally intelligent, really emotionally aware, and you work in this field anyway, don't you? Uh, what was your advice um, for anyone who might be struggling at the moment um, and, you know, might just be finding it, finding it hard um, in, in, in the industry and in the business? What would your advice be to them as someone who's weathered lots of storms and, you know, been around for a long time too? Well, you're very kind because I don't feel like I've got it together most of the time. But um, I think that's something to be aware of is that people you're seeing online, you're seeing their online version of themselves. So don't hold yourself accountable to what you're seeing and that you have to then match what other people are. I try to avoid looking at a lot of what other people are doing. So I just do my own thing rather than trying to replicate or better anything that anyone else might be doing. Because I think competition within yourself and striving to kind of um, do something better for yourself is great, but trying to kind of go against other people can be um, where it all starts to get a bit more negative and and isn't helpful. Um, Taking time out, I think um, I always feel better when I've been for a dog walk and and those sort of things, even if sometimes it's, you know, oh gosh, I've got to do that and I really should be doing my work first. Um, You know, I have limited amount of time on my business because of childcare restraints and I always think I shouldn't be taking the dog out during that time. But when I come back from that walk, I'm so much more productive. So getting out into nature, taking some time to breathe or to listen to a podcast that might inspire your motivation forward um, is really useful. Um, uh, Having somebody you care about in your ears when you're on a walk is great. So listening to Rachel's podcast has always helped me, um, you know, because you you get that sort of uh, spur when you come home, you then feel like you're ready for the next bit. Um, And taking time to stop and just breathe, it sounds really simple. But when we get stressed, we breathe more quickly. We have this overproduction of oxygen and that's going to keep you feeling like you're in fight or flight mode where you're trying to respond to all these potential dangers which don't really exist. Um, So taking time to stop and breathe is really important. (laughs) Definitely. And the stepping away is so important as well. It's something I've found really helps and from doing my coaching training and studying and um, there's a, you know a lot of evidence around the being outdoors switching off getting away from screens stepping away from I was chatting to somebody the other day about like them you were talking about you know not looking at other people and comparing and we were talking about like the magnifying glass of misery that you have on Facebook don't you where you can go and search for somebody and you know that you know we were talking about you know sometimes you, you're going to look at that competitor or somebody else who you think has got it all going on um and you know it's going to make you miserable and you're like oh oh why am I doing this to myself and you can't you can't help yourself can you so it's such good advice to just put the blinkers on and 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 keep move you know just do look at what you're doing and um yeah and leading on from that actually as you know I've re named and re kind of branded the podcast to um do it's all about doing things your way and your pet business content your way um, and doing things you know following your own path um can you give us an example of like you doing things your own way and stepping away from the shoulds and the musts and the have to do's to um you know to find you know to find what works for you yeah so i think there was quite a big shift between when i stopped doing my in-person classes where particularly when I was part of a franchise I kind of had to follow their pattern of class lesson plans Um, and when I started doing things a little bit differently and started doing 
some different training. So I was training in the dog yoga and the Zoopharmacognosi, which is about self-selection of essential oils and going a bit, what some people might say, a bit woo-woo. Um, I started to realise that I could give a different type of support to pet parents that was a more holistic, whole approach to their dogs. So looking at what might be causing the challenges that they're having, rather than trying to train everything and give people activities to do all the time. So I think people sometimes don't realise what they need for their dog and it's okay for you to be able to educate them on that rather than trying to meet the expectations that they come to you with. Um, so when people used to come to classes, they're expected to train their dogs every minute of that hour, whereas actually they learned soon from me that they could have downtime in those classes and we could look at things like the dogs just having some time to be or to watch the other dogs or sniff or just be calm. So thinking about that as opposed to like and me going to what I believe was right for the dogs rather than right for the client's expectations was where the shift definitely uh, uh, was made and was also then helped me create the business that I have today as well. That's such a lovely example. And I can imagine there would have been a lot of light bulb moments in the classes with your clients and watching the dogs and and that where we were talking about slowing down and and the mind you know the mindful element of it as well which will have had so many benefits um so yeah it's just such a great example thank you so much for sharing that with me and i guess as well by following your passion and looking at the i'm going to try and pronounce it the zoo the zoo <laughs> can you pronounce it for me Zoopharmacognosi. <laughs> oh my god i never never would have got that right but anyway that one and the and and following things that you feel passionately about has helped change you and helped you actually find find what what really lights you up hasn't it so yeah it's just such a lovely example thank you for sharing even though I couldn't pronounce one of the words <laughs> no one ever can don't worry <laughs> and that was like really early days of, of of that kind of thing and the and the puppy yoga and the and all, all of those things as well so yeah it's just a, a, I really really love that oh so Caroline, tell us what's next for you and all of the work that you do. What have you got going on? What's happening for you in 2024? So really um, focusing a lot on our um, online Canine Connection Club because it's the area where I... I get the most joy out of it because I'm working with clients on an ongoing basis. Some of them have been with me um, for, gosh, like probably five years, four or five years now. Um and it's such a joyful space to spend time. Um, they, they're such a wonderful group of pet parents, but it also allows me to continually work with them and help them have the best life that they can with their dogs. So that's definitely a big one. Um, we're also going to be launching our first audio only course, which is going to be an interesting one. Um, we've done only video um, so far, but this is going to be a special course that's all um, that's just through audio clips, um, which means that people can kind of listen in maybe when they're on their dog walk, um, uh, be able to take it on board um, and work through um, it's going to be helping people who have reactive dogs or who we would label as reactive dogs in terms of all sorts of uh, focuses, uh, how they might be struggling with relationships with people in their life who don't understand where their dogs uh, needs are, are or where they are feeling like they're not meeting their own dog's needs. All of the judgment aspect that we have or we experience when we feel like we're not quite doing the right thing for our dogs. So that's going to be a really exciting course to launch. Um, yeah, and I'm uh, just excited to see what other sort of partnerships and opportunities might come up as well next year. That's, I, I love the um, the idea of the audio course. And I was thinking like the the idea of those, of those 
pet parents feeling heard and literally like feeling heard in their ears because it's an audio course. And I think sometimes if you're in a situation like that, hearing that reassurance rather than having to feel like you have to watch a video of, of you know what I mean? I think that will work so well. So that sounds like a really exciting um, project for 2024 and something that's that's going to help a lot of people as well. So yeah, really excited for you, Caroline. So thank you very much for joining me on the podcast. Uh, tell us where people can go and find you. And what I will do is I'll put the links to um, everywhere in the show notes that, you, that you'll provide for me. But if you can just speak it out loud as well, it's always really helpful. No problem. So it's barketplace.uk is our website, or you can just find us at Barketplace on uh, Facebook or Instagram. Brilliant. Thank you. Well, it's been brilliant having you on the show. Wishing you every success in 2024 and beyond. Thank you so much, Caroline. Oh, thank you for your continued support, Rachel. So what did you make of that episode? I loved chatting to Caroline and I'd love to hear what your takeaways are. You can come and connect with me on social media at Rachel Spencer UK on all platforms. And if you'd like to go and connect with Caroline, if you go and swipe up where you're listening to this podcast, all of the links to go and find out more about her, you'll find them um, in the show notes for this episode. The takeaways for me from this um, interview have been around that you don't need to have massive numbers to have a successful pet business. And also, I loved what Caroline had to say about taking care of you, taking care of your well-being and not being dragged down by all of what everybody else is talking about on social media. She talked about keeping your eye on your own work and only being in competition with yourself, which I think is a really important message that that we can never hear too much of. So thank you so much, Caroline, for everything that you shared in that episode. If you have enjoyed this episode and you're interested in working together more closely and being part of a fabulous community of pet professionals who support one another, including Caroline, who I've been chatting to on the show this week, then I'd love to invite you to consider joining my Pets Get Visible membership. Every month we have calls where you can plan your content marketing, you can decide on how you want to show up and communicate with your clients and community. This month's focus, as we go into February 2024, is going to be around getting press coverage. We also have coaching calls to answer any of your questions and any challenges that you might want to talk through. And we also have co-working calls as well, where you actually get your marketing done. If you'd like to know more about Pets Get Visible, just send me a message. I'm Rachel at rachelspencer.co.uk. You will find the link to find out more in the show notes for this episode as well. I will leave you now. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode and I will look forward to seeing you on the next one. Have a great rest of the week and thank you once more for listening and for supporting the show. Do go and connect with Caroline as well if you enjoyed what she had to say. Take care. Bye for now.